Hello, and welcome to my podcast, Where the Dark Corners Are. to tonight's episode of Where the Dark Corners Are. Tonight, we're taking a road trip with the panda. Road trip with the panda. Yeah. That's it. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm actually being the passenger in this road trip. Tonight, the panda is the driver. Yes, I will be leading us this time. We'll see how this goes, but this is the time to see, you know, it's cool to be on here, so it'd be cool to try it out and see what we got. So where are we going, Panda? So we're going to New Orleans. Everyone knows New Orleans, Louisiana. We're going to go back all the way to around 1780s to about 1850, and then to actually the legacy after this. And we're going to talk about Madame Marie Delphine Lolore. I can never say the name right. Lalori. 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 Well, either. Yeah, it's French. <laughs> it's French with an accent? French with an accent. Okay. Lalori, we'll, but we can call her Delph. She goes by Marie Delphine sometimes just by that. She goes by Lalori. Madame Lalori. 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 Okay, well. Either way. So, I guess we'll just jump into it. I won't spoil what happens, but we'll get there. She was born in 1787 as Marie Delphine McCarty, or McCarty, whatever you want to say it. She was one of five kids, and she was born into a, a pretty pretty prominent family, a very well-known family, pretty popular. Was she born in New Orleans? Yes. <laughs> that wasn't convincing. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so either way, so... Her interesting fact about her family is that her family actually celebrated a lot of kind of free black movements per se. So there was a lot of they had, her uncle even had some interracial black, uh, you know, interracial relationships. Uh, relationships. Okay. So and she he had to do had a wife for fifty four years. Her uncle, stuff like that. So it wasn't you know, but they still had slaves and everything. So there were slaves, but they also understood the the rights of a free man and everything else. Very kind of back and forth. Okay. It's, it's weird. Well, the founding fathers were the same way. Right. So if you were free, they're like, good for you. But if you're not, then you are what you are. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we're not going to set you free. Right. You're, you're, you're our slave. Okay. We fast forward about 13, 14 years. So now she's 14, and she meets this man named Don Ramon. He's, part, he's a Spanish royal officer for the Spanish military. So... A lot of people don't realize that Spain actually once colonized Louisiana and governed, ruled over Louisiana. Right. So is this during that time? This is yes, because right before right after that the French would eventually end up having it for predominantly the Louisiana 
territory because the French did own that before we bought it. We were there to purchase. Right, we bought it from Right. From Napoleon. The, right, because the dude needed money. Right. And that's why we, we bought it we bought it on sale. Right. It was kinda like a Black Friday sale. It was really cheap. Thirty five <laughs> cents an acre or something like that. It was I mean it's true. It was well cheap. he didn't know. Napoleon didn't know. Right. He was like, Man, I don't need this. I got an army to feed and I got an army to build and everything else, so I need the money. So we sold it to uh, Andrew, uh, Thomas Jefferson. Correct. Thomas Jefferson. Either way, she meets this man, Kay. and they marry. She's 14 years old. He's he's well he's well endowed. He's got well endowed. Do you know what that well, means? Well, not that well endowed. <laughs> <laughs> he's got money. He's got he's got a high spot within the Spanish, or, you know, society. Society. There you go. So they get married. And he, she ends up getting pregnant and has a child, and he actually has kind of a falling out with Spain, so he actually has to go back. So he has to go to Havana. So they go to Havana real quick, but he comes down with a sickness, and right before they're about to leave, he dies in uh, 1804. So they were married for four years. She's now 18 as a kid, and now she's widowed already. But well endowed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She so she's, you know, she gets some inheritance from him and everything. So she's all right. So then, four years later, she meets a man named John Block. Now he is a predominant man in the New Orleans area. He's a banker, merchant. I mean, a lawyer, the jack of all trades kind of guy, and he's very popular. He he's dealt with. He's also dealt with some slave trading every now and then. I mean, he's a very popular man, and so they meet and they get married in 1808. So four years later, like I said, they end up having four more kids, and unfortunately, eight years later, he ends up dying. From a sickness? From a sickness as well. Do we know the sickness? We don't know the sickness. Do we suspect it wasn't a sickness? Now, the legend is everyone suspects that the madame had a little something to do about it, but then again, sickness was a big thing back then, so it's hard to kind of pinpoint you know, say, hey, she was responsible, but it's kind of weird that now she's she's about 22. No, she's 30 now, and she has two. She's she's widowed twice, and now she has five kids, and both the husbands she's married is, are dead. So are we thinking she tainted something in Havana? Uh, that's If you want to believe that, I just believe Havana was probably not the cleanest. And the, the the standards weren't high for uh, hygiene, right? So are we, I mean, it wasn't hard to become ill, and then you you know you don't have the medicine we we do now. So what what kind of poison do they think she might have slipped in his uh, <laughs> bourbon? Cuban, <laughs> Cuban leaves <laughs> is bourbon. <laughs> I mean, for all we know, it could have been Spain itself assassinated. But like I said, you know, his first husband was having a you know, big falling out with them. He went behind their backs on some slave trading from like Africa or something weird like that. Mm-hmm. And he was going against their orders quite a bit. So I mean, for all we know, it could have been... Spain took him out. Right. Okay. Then again... Th- she... That's the first husband. The second husband, though, people are reading eyebrows. Right. So now, you know, now you have this legacy in New Orleans area. Two dead husbands. Two dead husbands and nothing to show for it. Well, she got money. She got... Well... Not technically now. So she, after John Blanc dies, he still has a lot of property and some debt that he owes, and it kind of just falls onto her. So now she's selling her slave, selling you know the house, auctioning parts of furniture away, trying to make whatever she can, 
and she ends up making enough money to kind of buy her own estate with her five kids and a couple of slaves. But for the most part, everything else she's got to get rid of. And then luckily, or no, not luckily, but her daddy dies, and she inherits money from him. Okay, so third man down. Third man down, who was her own D- father. Kay. Didn't marry him. <laughs> so, <laughs> Did, Was she hanging around a lot with him after? Well, I'm sure she was uh-huh. because she's like, you. well, you know what's crazy is because if you look it up, she actually, she, you know, she gets part of his fortune, but she actually has to share it with a freed black woman. Was that daddy's girlfriend? Allegedly. Nothing <laughs> like saying for sure. But right. you well, know. if she gets half his fortune. Right. But it's enough to help kind of get her out of the hole, back on her feet. Oh, and I should mention that she's actually a very attractive lady. Okay. Even at 30 now, she's very, she's Whoa, very. What do you mean at 30? What does that mean? Well, I'm just saying, some people hit the 30 mark and then decide, you know, I'm good. I made it this far. I can kind of do what I want. But she, I mean, but she's just naturally beautiful. She's not, na- I know you're my, you're, you're my mother too. You're naturally beautiful. <laughs> but. <laughs> Someone knows Christmas is around the corner. <laughs> <laughs> so she, but I mean, she's just, who, that's who she is. Uh, just as a side note, so everyone you know wants to be her friend. Everyone knows her. She's very, she's very entertaining with people. She can talk to people. She's very outgoing. So she's a social so, uh, social she butterfly. Like, so a socialite. Yes, socialite. No. You know, social. Well, like she, she yeah, mingles she, she, with. She mingles with the people. The people mingle with her. She's she's well known for you know coming to these things and being well known and liked. Bell of the ball. Yeah. Okay. So. Because of that, you know, she she earned herself two husbands, fourteen and twenty something, mm-hmm. but now they're dead. Huh. Well, so. so after she gets out of debt, everything's kind of all right, and then there's another guy named Leonard Lewis Nichols Lalori Lalori Lalori. Well, he has three L's in his name, right? It's a it's a tongue twister. So four Lalori. Oh yeah, well yeah, the Lalori. Too many. Right. So this man is about twenty something, and so he is a new, newly found doctor. He he's claiming to newly found. Right. He's he's just graduated. <laughs> he just graduated. I don't a, think I don't think they can be newly found. But well, he's newly found. <laughs> no. A newly acquitted. Newly <laughs> acquitted. <laughs> That's what they. These are real. Newly words. doctored. Newly doctored. Yeah, doctored. Doctored. He be, he's a new doctor. <laughs> <laughs> he just graduated from medical school. They in just unearthed him. They newly found him. <laughs> <laughs> so okay. he comes from France in about 1825. Okay. And how is she? She's, and she's about 40 now. Oh, so she's barely hanging on. But, she, to I, you. but I yeah. guess she still got it. Okay. So because he's only in there for a couple months and meets up with her, and they get hitched pretty fast. But So wait, wait, wait. So that's how she begins the name Madame LaLaurie. Correct. Okay. Because she takes his name at this point. All right. LaLaurie takes from Leonard Leonard Lewis Nichols LaLaurie. <laughs> la la LaLaurie. la LaLaurie. So either way, but there's kind of, she's, I think she's kind of playing them because if you look at it, she's, our, they said like marriage agreements of how they're separating their properties. It's like. Like a, a prenup. Yeah. Okay. But it's not like. True love. I mean, he gets to hook up with this this banging chick at forty, mm-hmm. and you know they have kids and everything. She's got kids and everything. But Do they have children? So they end up having one child. 
a son. Uh, so this is her sixth child. Sixth. Sixth. Sixth child, yes. So, but they think the, the child was kind of forced upon, so that's why he kind of married her. But either way, so they get together, and this is kind of the even more beginning of raising eyebrows towards the madame. So while they're together, they still have slaves, mm-hmm. right? And the I guess the one good thing about this marriage was that they would throw a lot of parties. They were the life of New Orleans. They were the hostesses with the mostesses. That's right. They threw the the parties whenever they could. They invited all the public to come. Didn't matter who you were, you know, higher officials the better. But, you know, they were very popular. They were a very popular couple, power couple for partying and throwing these elegant things for people. The it couple. Right. They were the couple. They were the Brad Pitt, Angelina Jolie, the Jennifer Aniston, Brad Pitt, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So... But while people were coming by, people really started noticing their their slaves were kind of malnourished. They were getting skinnier over time. So the more parties they threw, more people started seeing more things about their slaves. The decline. Right. The decline of their health and everything. They kind of saw that. But like at the same time, they would see Madame LaLaurie you know, give her like the last bit of their wine when she was done with it or give her just gifts and stuff. I got these parties, so people were kind of like, all right, that's kind of weird, but you're, you know, kind of, you know, your slaves aren't looking too good. Mm-hmm. Now, at this time, too, there's also this thing called the co- the Code Noir. So it, it wasn't, it was a set of laws for the slaves. So uh, in short, basically, you couldn't just beat your slave. You could own slaves, you could trade them legally, but you couldn't, like, forcibly rape them, sexually assault them, just beat them senseless for no reason. There had to be, like, an actual crime they committed. I mean, it, it, it still was awful because, like, one of the rules was, like, if you if one of the slaves was a uh, uh, accused of a crime and they were gone for, like, a month because they were in hiding, you could rip their ear off. Rip? So, you know, take it. Take oh. their ear. It Right. So, the, you know, the codes pr- protect them to a point, but it's still not, you know, it's still a harsh punishment, right? It's still bad, but it it's still but you still have to, but the code stated you still have to feed them, take care of them. You couldn't just abuse them just because you wanted to. Now, was this strictly like Louisiana, New Orleans? This what are we was talking? strictly a Louisiana area French style kind of thing approach. Correct. Okay. So they were really focused on trying to not save them, but you know, couldn't just. Inhumanly destroy them either. So, on in in a very slight, I, I guess in a slight way, they were trying to give them some sort of rights of being treated like human. To a point, I mean, they're still treated pretty badly, right? But you couldn't just couldn't just do that. You couldn't just do it because that was the law, and you know there were some people who actually upheld that part, okay. which was cool. So either way. So people are noticing the malnourishing and everything else, but and then she puts on this little facade going out in public with her slaves and she them her buying them gifts, feeding them bread. I mean, just things that just aren't normal. Like and, and they, you know, but they're skittish. They're you know they're very worried. They're very quiet, very timid. There's only one slave that of hers that actually looks very well made. You know, isn't malnourished? Isn't anything wrong? perfect gentleman it's actually a coach driver i mean if you're gonna put on a facade or a show you're gonna show off the one person that's around you the most is your mm-hmm. coach driver so okay. 
So people are kind of seeing this, and she's getting fed up with it. And she, then she starts kind of yapping back, saying, you know, it's just those Americans who are showing up, you know, more and more, getting closer to us. There's even an, an American, he's not an ambassador, but he's a high official, and he actually sends one of his servants over there to be like, hey, this chick is crazy, and we need to see what's really going on. Mm-hmm. So he sends his servant over, and he goes over there, and he's, you know, he's gung-ho, he's ready to, Break down the door, see what's really going on. So is this like an African American or like an well, agent of his? An agent of his. It's okay. not like an African. It's not a slave. So someone there to investigate <laughs> the situation. Correct. So he goes over there, full intent of bringing her down, seeing what he can, you know, getting kind of evidence for himself, just so they could really kind of bust this down to make sure you know, these slaves are being following within the law. So he goes over there and. Being her, she just totally persuades him everything's fine. He walks on there angry, ready, you know, whatever, and he walks out of the house, leave with joy, telling everybody everything's fine. Convinced. Right, because she's who she is, this pretty woman persuading him and, you know, wooing him or whatever she did, just, you know, and totally flipped his flipped the switch, and he went back, everything's fine, everything's cool. So the people are kind of like, well... You know, maybe all right. This is you know, this is coming from a high officials area servant. I mean, this is their people, kind of say all right. So everyone's kind of cooled down for a second, till one day. One day, the neighbor from Madame Lalori's house notices or hears kind of a scream and a scruffle. They look, and they see Delphine. We call her Delphine, chasing a young little. Little black girl, she's chasing her, trying to beat the crap out of her. She's yelling, she's cussing at her, she's screaming, she's, you know, damning her and everything. And and she's chasing her all around the house, and the little girl ends up actually jumping out the, the building, which is at least two stories, three stories. She jumps out and commits suicide. So the story behind it is, is that this little girl was brushing Madame Lalori's Lalo- hair and she accidentally hit a snag a little too hard. A little, when you guys brush your hair, you get the little knot. Knot. Right. She must have hit it just a, just a snag too hard, and she flipped. She flipped. She chased this little girl around the house, trying to beat the sh- beat the shit out of her. But the girl is so frightened. Instead of right, well, because you know, she would rather commit suicide. She'd rather die than take another. So obviously, something else is going on because if if suicide is your alternative. Correct. So she flies, she she dies. She jumps out the window and dies. There's no saving her, but so the neighbors are like, oh, shit. We think we saw what we saw, but we're not quite sure. So they kind of give a bit of the doubt. But later on, Madame LaLaurie comes out with her kids and says, hey, we have to bury this body. So they come out to the, you know, they see her in the front yard digging a hole. Trying to bury this her front yard, just her yard. Just, I mean, it's not like a secret of New Orleans is not a you know like a very green place, and there's not like hedges blocking you. It's just usually gates, so you can kind of see through. But they're burying her in the front yard. They're just burying her, yeah. So everyone just picks her up. These these children, and well, they're probably grown by now, teenagers. Some of them, yeah, yeah. But she's making them bury this little slave girl. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, so the neighbors are like, oh, shit. So they get the cops, 
and the police come and they're like, "What is happening?" And like, she, and she tries, you know, tell them, "Oh, it's, it was an accident or whatever." They're like, "No." So, because of her death, she was punished a fine of like five hundred dollars, and was forced to sell, I believe, eight slaves. Okay. When she sold these eight slaves, did anybody go back? Correct. Right. So her. Okay. So what ends up happening? She sells those slaves, right? Mm-hmm. And now, all right. So the law did their punishment. So those eight slaves are now sold to somewhere else and free. But she actually ended up selling to her own family member, oh. like a cousin or like someone out there. So behind. So after that happens, she just buys them right back. So they were free for a second, and in that one second, did law enforcement go and ask them, hey, what really happened? Right. So they found out the girl was scared of taking another harshful beating of her and couldn't take it anymore, commits suicide. She gets fined $500, sells her slaves, but then as soon as the law enforcement looks away, she just buys the slaves right back. Okay. So they did it before she sold the slaves. That's how they found out why the girl committed suicide. What do you mean before? Well, that that's her punishment. Right. Punishment was to sell the slaves. Right. Because they talked to the slaves already and knew that the girl had committed suicide because well, because a neighbor saw. Okay. And then they, they were like, hey. So nobody asked the slaves what's really going down here. Right. And if they did, they probably were too afraid to do anything, but they probably didn't know they were going to be sold. Right. And if they were... They, they were probably smart enough to realize we're probably going to have to come back here. Right. Okay. So mom's the word. Just do what you're told. Keep going. Right. So we fast forward even more to 1834. Now this is where, this is where it becomes you know, the legend. This is where it's like, oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> so in 1834, a fire breaks out in Madame Lowry's house. Okay. So the fire breaks out. Who started the fire? Well, we'll get to that. Okay. So the fire starts, and it's going. And then so Madame LaLaurie comes out with her husband and the kids. And some. And then they say, hey, we need help. So the na- all the neighbors are coming out. Everyone's coming to help put this fire out. And as they're putting the fire out, people start asking. the uh, You know, this crowd of people, and the firefighters are coming, and – they ask, you know, hey, where are the slaves? You know, we have to get the slaves out. She's like, don't worry about it. Don't worry about the slaves. Get my furniture. Get my artwork. Get my, you know, my valuables. Get them out first. Okay, just get them out. She doesn't say first. She just says get them out. So <laughs> people are asking about the humans. Right. People are asking about the human people that are in the house or supposed to be in the house. And she's like, no, 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 no. Just worry about my, my art. Right. Save the art, save the valuables, the vases, everything. Just mm-hmm. save everything. And But she, they're like, we need to know where your slaves are at. We need to find out where these people are. You have an abundance. We all know you do. Where are they? And she's like, they, both her and the husband are like, you guys are missing the point. I don't think <laughs> My house is on fire. And my valuables are going to burn. Okay. All right. So... So finally, the firefighters or you know the people who are you know in the building trying to take care of it, they end up reaching the the attic. So it's a lot, and they find a locked door. Do they put the fire out? The fire is being contained. So okay. there's multiple people in the house. Okay. So they find this attic, and this attic has a locked door, multiple locks. Like no one's gonna get in or out. 
Okay. And that's ringing some bells? Well, right. So they come down, and they're like, hey, we need to go in this room. They're like, and then, you know, the husband and wife are like, no, we, we don't need to go in there. They're like, uh, yeah, we do. Now you're being weird, and we still haven't found your slaves. <laughs> we need to go in there. Mm-hmm. So they're like, no. They'll give us the keys. No. So they just, they will on about it and say, fuck it. The firemen. The firemen. Okay. So they bust down the door. Okay. And then they open the door, just a stench comes out. Uh-huh. A, like, awful. They said they couldn't, it just, it was awful. It was just unbearable. But they forced themselves inside, and what they saw was rough. <laughs> rough? Rough. So when they walk in, they see limbs and blood and body parts, intestines everywhere on, like, the floor. And then they find multiple slaves chained up, tied up in this whole room. And it's not, apparently it's not very big, but, you know, they're still mounted on these, these you know, like a Dr. Frankenstein table kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So they're chained, everything. And there there's eyeballs taken out. So it's, it's a torture chamber. It's a major torture chamber. Major, but like torture's not even the right word. It's just just a massacre while keeping you alive. They found body parts that were put other places. So like genitals that were moved from a male put on a female, and they took the female parts to put on the male. They found they found intestines wrapped around the body. So they would pull your you know your small intestines or whatever, and they wrap it around. And he's the doctor, the husband, right? And the doctor is a is a chiropractor or the the fixer of humps. Okay. That's literally quote unquote the fixer of humps. Okay. So, but you know, so but most of these almost all these people are still alive. Testins hanging out and everything. Limbs broken and rearranged to 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 be morphed. Their body literal morphed bodies. So they basically deformed some of these people. These unfortunate souls. Right. These people were Massacred, and they don't know how long they've been up there. They can only assume so much because these are malnourished. These are bleeding out people, people who are just literally just dying every slow second. There, rumor has it from it. There's even one person, one female, that was their bones were broken so badly and rearranged so badly it was so deformed uh, uh, to resemble a crab. Oh my god. So they stunted her and everything. It was awful. And like the first words they hear out of the slaves who could talk were begging for death. They just straight up were not asking for anything else but death. Um. And so so after that, the firemen are pretty pissed. They don't know what to do. So the first thing to do is they approach the Lorries. The L- Lorries. They're like, hey. What the hell's going on? And they call them out in front of all these people who were there, just you know, to either watch the fire or help the fire, whatever. So now this this helpful crowd is turning into a mob of pissed off people, right? Because the the firemen come down and they tell them, they tell everybody what happened, what's going on. They say, go see it for yourself. Some people, so the fire is basically done. Okay. They're letting people in the house now. Okay. They're like, hey, go look what this. So they, they're they asking for people to witness the atrocities right. that they themselves have seen. So it's not just their word. Correct. So they straight up are saying, go see this. Go what's going down. And see for yourself. See, feast your eyes on this fucking massacre. This this un, unholy 
room of hell. Right. So when approached, they're like, well, we don't know nothing about it. What? It's whatever. Yeah. So they're still like denying. They're beating lying bitches. Right. So coincidentally, it's the same time for their uh, nightly ride. Or, <laughs> right. Oh, so their house on fire, hat was on fire. Right. They had the their crowd is turning out. on them. The crowd is, well, they're still in shock of trying to put the fire out, dealing with the people up there. Because now people are trying to find a way to get them out without dying and take them to like a local I wouldn't say like a slave hospital, but it's like a refugee place for them. But, you know, like I said, they're asking for death. And most people who make it, they take out of that room, end up dying there. So them moving them kills them eventually. Right. I don't think any of them survived. So how many originally start? Was it the eight? It was eight of them. And supposedly there was more because there was more limbs than bodies there. Okay. So there was eight on the walls, the, the misshapen ones, the eyes gouged out, tongues taken, everything. Everything you could think of, like, just straight up, blah. Nasty mutilation. Like, nobody would have saw this coming. Nobody. Okay. And, I mean, even for her, like, you know, this is a pretty young thing, got kids. I mean, sure, she's a widow. But, like, no one even suspected that was a problem. They just suspected it was just mistreatment of the slaves. But no one knew it was this far. Right. Well, this is pretty atrocious. This is awful. So, back to her nightly ride she <laughs> no yeah no they straight up I, they leave the kids there you guys deal right so she has the audacity to look at the mob wave at them get in the coach and they start going so now this what kind of this is what kind of kills it because the mob is still in awe and shock of the entire the entire thing and the fact a, she just got audacity her, of yeah. this so that so she gets she starts going, but they're still kind of shook that she's even has the audacity to smile and wave at them and start going away. And they're like, wait a minute, we got to go get her. Right. She's taking off. We got to go get them because they're it's, both up for this now. Right, right. Th- their midnight ride is their attic. But they, they already suspected that she was kind of the problem, not so much the husband or whatever. But she's the primary bitch. She's the one talking. No, no, no. The, the doctor allowed it to happen. Well, I'm not saying the doctor. The doctor probably helped. I well, don't think prob- probably is the right answer there, well, but okay. yeah. Either way, right. so either way, the mob chases after them. Good. So while the mob the mob chases them, people stay behind to finish the house and look for anything that could have been, you know, just Evidence. at this point they're looking for anything. It's a, it's a whole new ball game. Okay. Unfortunately, the mob cannot catch the coach. The coach ends up making it to like a harbor, and she ends up sailing away. They didn't have anything to help follow her or catch her. They just couldn't catch her. So she gets away with her husband. The coachman disappears. He goes. He doesn't go with them, as far as I know, because they find the coach somewhere else. So it it doesn't look like that he went with them. They go back. Everyone's in the house still, trying to get people out and trying to just find anybody else. But while they're looking in there, there's certain people in there who are already kind of freaking out because they they hear they thought they heard like voices or like clicks and clacks or whatever they could they just heard something and they're like looking for more people but they couldn't find anybody else the only other person they they found for sure was a a a cook a slave cook who was chained to the like the countertop or like the the machinery of the kitchen it's weird because when the researching it some people said she was alive some people said she wasn't maybe she died because of it is never clear but the rumor is is that the little girl that died before was the cook's daughter or granddaughter. I'm sorry, because that was part of the Code Noir too. The families of the slaves had to be kept together; you couldn't separate them. So 
it would make sense. And they said that the cook had actually started the fire. Another rumor was is that the cook would make these delicious foods and everything else for the, the lorries, but could never eat it, any of it. She could never cook for herself those kind of meals. She couldn't touch any of the food, do anything, just for just make food for them. Mm-hmm. And it was so bad that even the children of the Lalories would try to feed the cook. They would try to sneak food to her, but then they would get beat and caught and everything else and get punished. So it's pretty rough. And it would make sense if she started the fire, she's got the tools and everything else, but it's like, it's not confirmed because it's a story. It's, it's the legacy of this. So, I mean, there's a lot of variables that change over the years. Right. And it's easier to stick with one thing. Is it, is it plausible one of her own kids started the fire? It is plausible. It is very plausible that, you know, they saw, they, they knew something was wrong. They just knew, they just had to do it. So it, there's very a lot of variables that could have been anything. Okay. But it's a good thing the fire happened. To a so point. no actual definitive who started it, but the fire ends it. Correct. So now the house is empty. The children end up going to a, a relative of Madame Lori, and they end up staying somewhere else. And... People walk in after a couple of days. They still hear, like, voices and just scratching. So they're already thinking, like... They're in the walls. Right. So what happens is they, they don't know. They just they feel like it's already kind of... They think it's, like, the spirits now. People are, you know, speculating, everything. So the people who, unfortunately, died are stuck there and haunting the place. Right. So this begins the most famous house in New Orleans. This is the start of that. So no one ever finds her. She never rears her def- deformed so fucking that, head. <laughs> so, well, that's the thing, too, is there's a lot of legacy rumors, stories. Legends. Legends. So the, the biggest one is that they go to, she escapes to France. Okay. Well, her husband was from France. Right. So it makes sense to go back. So she goes back with him, and they actually live with his family for a while. Turns out they end up getting divorced. Just didn't work out. Right. Right. After she can't torture people. Right. But unfortunately, because it's a crime in America or in that area, they can't be held for their crimes in France. No extraditing rules then? Right. So there was a U.S. Marshal, FBI coming after you. Right. And hunt you down. So does she stay in France? Well, so that's the thing. So a lot of people like to believe she stayed in France and died in France. Okay. Some people say that she died from a boar attack. Some people say a wild boar mangled. Were they just roaming around in France? Well, I mean, it's a it's not an unpopular thing, especially if you're in the forest over there. Why would she be in the forest? Go for a walk or horse ride or something. I mean, there's wild boars to this day in Spain, but I don't know about no wild boar in France. I I bet there is. But that's a story. That's a legit story. Or an idea people had that she died from a wild boar attack in (laughs) France. Based on what? Based on what they, that's what they're saying, is that there's a lot of talk by mouth. They said she died from a boar. And I, it, it, you know, that's hard to believe. It's because, mostly because, well, I, for one, don't believe it. And two, there's, like, there's some facts saying that she actually sent letters to the person who was watching her kids and stuff. She actually ended up getting her children to come over to France. Oh, no. Some of them. So she actually would write, I don't believe it was her sister, but a family member, and then she's talking about coming back to New Orleans. And the relative's like, no, you can't come back here. Don't come back here. It's not a good idea for your family's sake, your sake, and everything else. Just don't do it. So this dementia bitch thinks it's cool. Everyone's cool about this. Right. She thinks, oh, it's 
thoughts from the past. <laughs> her past. Her past. But not in everyone else's. Right. Against her family member's wishes, she comes back. Okay, oh, well, well, when did she die of this boar attack if she comes back? Well, the boar attack, she died in 1849. Okay. But, based off the... Because there's literal letters they actually keep in the state of Missouri, surprisingly enough, of her writing to there that date after that. Okay. So, it doesn't really match. That story is the die of the boar attack. Okay. Sounds like she came back and she lived out her days in Mobile, Alabama. Alabama. Yeah. <laughs> That's a long way from New Orleans. Not that far. Well. It's closer than you think. <laughs> I'm just that, saying, I that drive. She was Miss Society Belle. Right. And for all we know, she's doing that. She's doing that at a, in France. She's still no. Know, she got a divorce. Well, she was. Still you don't think news of her atrocities, his atrocities, didn't follow? They probably didn't believe it. They're probably it, it's easy. They don't have the same technology we did. So the, the word of mouth, like right now, could you believe that she died from a boar? No. Well, see, could you believe that she massacred no, under no and butchered would that demented bitch? Be roaming somewhere where there would be a boar that but would kill her. Who's gonna believe that? Who's gonna believe the tale of the evil La Lorise making crab people in their attic? I don't know. Well, who I mean. believes that? That's what I'm saying. Is it's hard to believe? Well, it's not when you have witnesses, is not. But the witnesses are not coming to France to go hunt her down. <laughs> no, well, they can't. Nobody. They care, but they don't care that much. But just like, just the, like the Code Noir, we care to a point. You can't see it, but I'm finger. Okay, so this. she comes. See, they believe she goes to Mobile, Alabama. It's believed that she ends up just living back in the area of New Orleans, oh. even closer. But she doesn't social butterfly this. But, but <laughs> <laughs> it's just straight up. This this bitch just straight up does it. She just goes back. So she is so fucking demented and ingrained in her damn self that nope. she she like just sits on the outskirts, like people are just gonna let it go. Correct. And it's believed that she actually did. Yeah. Anonymously she, or. Well, what it is is there's a gravestone that actually has her name, and it shows that she died in 1852. Okay. So like you said, the word of hers kind of spreads. So they so there's even a. There was a story of a headstone that had her name in St. Louis called the St. Louis Cemetery. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, well, there is a St. Louis Cemetery in New Orleans. So that makes more sense. Okay. So I read that. I was like, why is this a St. Louis? Louis Cemetery number? I think number one. Number one. Okay, yeah. So there was a That's headstone. That's where Madame Laveau, who is the voodoo priestess, is reportedly eh, buried. I don't think she's there. Her mausoleum's there. Dick for talk. Okay. So... But they find this this gravestone, and then everyone's like, she's dead? It's like, she's straight up dead? But then it turns out it wasn't real. So people, so that's what I was saying, is that a lot of people start buying into this and start doing their own thing and start messing with the le- their, her, like, I don't want to call it legacy. It's not a legacy. This is, you don't, don't want to be known for this. But right. because of this, not everybody wants to come to see this house. Everybody wants to you know, be a part of it and, like, really kind of show off, you know, this this awful thing. Right. Well, that's what, you know, ghost tours are today, the Salem Witch Trials, everything else. Right. This is their Salem Witch Trial. Well. Well, one of them. Demented bitch. Yeah. Yeah. Deranged. <laughs> right. Let me prove that anyone could be fucking wild. Not wild, not the word I would use. Evil. There you go. Evil. Fucking evil. So either way, after all that, at least 1952, there's no more activity of her. So... She's dead. She's dead. Sorry, 1852, not 1952. She's, she's not a voodoo <laughs> goddess. 
stalking. So now the house is still there. Time goes on. She eventually dies off. No one really claims the house at first. But over time, people are like, okay, we got to move on. We got to start using this house. So it's used for multiple things. Used as bars, taverns, boarding houses for people, a school. It was a boys' school. A school? A school. Straight up school. Jesus Christ. But the problem is, is that every business or idea that goes through that house who lives there, it never works. Something goes wrong. It's considered cursed. Okay, the so house the house itself is Well, cursed. it should be. Right, it should be. And Unfortunate people died. Right. So, like, the boarding school, kids and stuff, they people couldn't, they couldn't handle it there. They couldn't do it. Now, did they report any activity, paranormal activity? What are we talking? Yes, paranormal activity, seeing ghosts, seeing a headless man with a chain and other slaves, the black men looking at them, and in LaLaurie herself. Really? Allegedly. The deranged bitch returned to her. Correct. And she was smiling and just kind of there. Right. It was a straight up, this, this bitch from the grave had nothing bitch. better to do. It's like, I, I beat the system, guys. Right. So there's even a bar where it's called, it, I think it's called the Ghost Bar, the Ghost Tavern. I forget the exact name. But it literally is there to imply that this place is haunted. Uh-huh. Come to my bar. Come get spooked out. The bar, the barkeeper stuff is like, yeah, this place, he's there almost. He's running the business. But then he ends up quitting because he can't take it no more because it's too much, too much activity. Too much paranormal activity. Too much activity. paranormal activity. He okay. calls it quits. He's out. He's, he's like, these ghosts win? Yeah, these ghosts win. You know, the people are coming. But I'm good because I end up being alone and it's just not worth it. Okay. So another big story about it is is a furniture shop. He, this guy sells furniture. So they so a new person took took over. Yeah, another person took over. It, it changes hands multiple times. Okay. And someone decides, ah, oh, this would be a great furniture location. Right. So she he he decides to sell furniture. Okay. Everything's going good for a minute, but then time goes on. He's, his furniture started to become damaged with a goo, like a, a, a liquid substance, like you know, like sl- like a plasma, like a plasma. But okay. it's not like bright green, but it's it's <laughs> it's destroying his furniture and covering all of his furniture. And do they know the source of this goo? No, but so the the owner thought it was vandals coming in and messing with him. Did they do any videotaping, or was video? It wasn't there yet. Okay, but he had, he had a shotgun, so okay. it wasn't that far behind. <laughs> So he said, I'm tired of this shit. And he stays the night. Okay. And he stays up all night waiting for these vandals to come in and wrecking his shop. Because they come in every night. Come right. every night to mess with his shit. All right. Can't sell his stuff. So then he stays up all night. Nothing. Nothing happens. No one's there. No one shows up. Nothing. And then when he still gets, when he's about to leave, he still notices it's still covered in this this stuff. Okay, this goo. The slime stuff that's destroying his stuff. So he says, fuck it, I'm good. <laughs> and he bails. Okay. And it just goes on from there. So, but then when they do reconstruction in, I believe it's the 1960s. So they do reconstruction to make it whatever they're trying to make it. So when they're peeling off the floorboards and everything else, they find skeletons. Oh. You know, those voices that people were hearing? Yes. So they, so what they assumed what they could kind of come with it was that these, these were slaves, of course. Right. But they were African, and they didn't speak English yet, or they haven't perfected or anything else. So they spoke in their native tongue, right? Right. So they couldn't understand what the voices were doing because there was a lot of I'm not you know, clicking. Yeah, the cl- yeah, what they cl- do. Yeah. So they never understood why they people weren't doing it. They didn't say anything. They're like, well, it kind of makes sense now. 
Right. So, yeah. So they find the bodies of the last remaining poor souls that were there. Uh, but, I mean, that could also be why it's still haunted. Because even after that, it's still haunted. Well, I mean, this place is cursed. Right. I mean, terrible atrocities happened. They not happened. Were committed. Committed there. This bitch fucked these people up and got away with it. That really fucking pisses me off. And now there's even a painting of Madame Mallory there that they say is haunted. If I remember right, someone actually takes it. But every time they either walk by it or they're part of it, they say, nah. <laughs> they get the bad juju. Right. And, uh, and also, the painter who painted it at actually known for another haunted painting. So this guy might be a problem, too. Now, okay. that's just a sidebar note. Okay. But What's the other haunted painting? I don't remember. Okay. <laughs> and I don't want to know. Okay. It's going to haunt my dreams or something. Okay. So either way, there's even a haunted painting in this building. Everything in this house is, like, haunted. Vases, furniture. It's all tainted. It's all tainted. Okay. And you know who ends up buying it in, like, the 2000s? Nicholas Cage. Nicholas Cage for, like, millions of dollars. And then his career tanks. And then his career, uh, I think that's probably after the second national treasure. <laughs> and after that, he's not been a national treasure. <laughs> his hair came out. He, he lost his real treasure. <laughs> part two Ghost Riders and everything else. He and then, but I mean, he he he's into that. He spent one night there. He spent one night after everything moving thing in, and then he said he was done. One he, night. One night, and he couldn't handle it. What was in the house? It, it, he said everything. He heard voices. He heard chains rattling. He was he he was nope. One night, and he called it quits, and then he couldn't sell it for a while. So. If you look up around the time period where Nicolas Cage goes down, it just happens to be when he bought this house. So it's unfortunate. But now it's owned by a private owner and another they one in the house. So if you And what to, happened to the painting? Is the painting still, still there? Okay, that you know, okay. That I know. Hopefully it's not out there house to house <laughs> doing its own thing. You know, all these people are just unreal. The word is unreal. The kids never said, Hey, you know, they should probably look in the floorboards. Well, then again, you know, maybe they didn't see. It, it doesn't talk about, because the house itself is quite large to a point. There's multiple rooms. I mean, it had a boarding house. It had, you know, a school. So, I mean, there's there's room. There's lots of room to be lost in or put away or not involved with something else part of that building. You know, I when I was in New Orleans, I do think we saw the house but like on a walking tour uh-huh. and it wasn't it was kind of like an afterthought you know of the tour guide that oh that's the Lori house and i don't know what i remember at that i mean i was in new orleans what seven years ago mm-hmm. so again i i vaguely remember what the tour guide had to say about the house but it wasn't like a predominant Memory, which is weird because this, like I said, is it's kind of sparks like a big tourism thing, right? Even after recently, after 1834, 150 years, right? People come to see the 70 years, yeah. People come to see this house, like they straight up they hear the story, they want to come and see that. But I guess even 1834, people wanted to come see it, they couldn't believe it, so they wanted to come see it. What's the address? That's a good question. It's like 40 Hill Street or something. Okay. <laughs> you, go, you go to New Orleans, you ask them, where's the house? They'll tell you. <laughs> Take a ride on Royal. Yeah. Go north on Dolphin. Hit Bourbon and you're golden. 
Well, all right. That was a little gruesome. Yeah, it's pretty bad. And the thing of it is, though, there's no illustrations. So you know how a lot of newspapers and stuff would try to recreate it, what they saw and everything else. The images. So this is one of the few times that there's not, like, a newspaper. I mean, there's a newspaper articles about it, but there's no images. I mean, I understand that you could take a picture, but people still drew and try to get make images of it. Right. No matter how gruesome. To sell. Yeah. So okay. I, and I hate saying that you know, it goes against the story, but it was still bad. People literally died in there. Yeah. But the details. They were tortured. They were massacred. Okay. <laughs> well, on that unfortunate note, I did want to mention to our listeners that I have started a Facebook page that if you poke around where the dark corners are, you can certainly join the Facebook page. And I just wanted to thank Panda Mike. He did an awesome job. It was all right. <laughs> <laughs> And it was was it well it was fun. Is it, was that's all this is? Is I'm just t- telling you about it. But you you clearly have some knowledge on it. Right. You were ready for some some key things to be dropped in there. So I was like, <laughs> okay, yeah, it's coming. Don't worry. <laughs> there's just a lot of there's a lot to this, and right. I wanted to make sure everyone was aware of what we had going. Right. And uh, I would like to you know I hope we do it again because like I said, we were just talking. Right. And for everyone listening, you know, go to New Orleans. I've been there. I've been there. I didn't get the full experience, but if I would love to go back and actually look at this house and look, you know, actually tour it and it opens up again. Right. I mean, just kind of standing out and knowing what happened on this this unfortunate. Right. Like knowing is half the travel. Right. Knowing what you want to go see, knowing what that significance is. Like I went to Boston and I and I and I saw all these things, but if I didn't know what that was, I'd be like, "Oh, that's just a thing." Right. All the important independent trail. Right. Right. So. His mother must have taught him all that. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Go check it out. Like you said, check out the Facebook page, Where the Dark Corners Are, Facebook page. Can't forget. Well, I think uh, we're good. Um, but I do want to remind everybody that if you have a specific place or attraction in mind that you would like to know where their dark corners are, you can send me an email at where the dark corners are at gmail.com. And I'd like to remind everybody, not everyone can find the beauty in the darkness, which is why I hope to meet you where the dark corners are.